Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Sam Byrne, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. And uh, I keep getting amazing questions from people. And so today I want to devote the show to uh, answering your questions. So let's go to question one. This is Dora. She says, Dear Dr. Byrne, kindly advise me if the MSMI drops would help to ease my dry eyes as well as my left eye, which is slightly swollen in the lower eyelid. I have a discharge from my left eye. It's white and sticky, and I have daily sinus headaches. All right, Dora. Well, first uh, first things first, um, the symptoms that you're describing in terms of a swelling in the eyelid and some white sticky uh, material, perhaps in the left eye and also sinus headaches, suggest that you may be suffering some kind of either sinus, effect, sinus infection and or conjunctivitis. Um, and this could be either due to bacterial uh, reasons or viral reasons, uh, but this needs to be addressed first and foremost. Um, the standard approach in treating uh, conjunctivitis is um, antibiotics and or steroids, um, it is a good idea to go to your eye doctor and get a diagnosis, um, especially if this is a chronic situation. Uh, the fact that it's just in one eye suggests that it's more localized as opposed to being uh, systemic. However, uh, whenever you get some swelling around the eye, this is a, this is a serious uh, issue because um, you know, if the swelling increases uh, greatly, this can lead to a condition called orbital cellulitis, which is a, an infection that actually can, uh, can travel to the brain. Uh, so you want to nip this in the bud if you can. Um, some natural things that you could try would be to go to the health food store and get something called Eyebrite uh, Euphrasia. Eyebrite is an herb that actually helps reduce congestion uh, in the eye. It works in, um, you know, cases of conjunctivitis and pink eye, where what you do is you brew up the tea and you let it uh, cool down and then you use a, a soft cloth and you do a compress over the eyes. And I would probably do that several times a day. Uh, you can also drink the tea uh, so that you're working with it systemically. Um, some other things that you can do, obviously, you mentioned the MSMI drops. Uh, they may or may not be enough, but certainly you could uh, apply them to your eyes with the eye massage, and also you could apply the MSM around the eyes as well. Um, and the dry eye syndrome um, is, is a kind of a contributing factor to this, which I'll get to in a moment. But, you know, you could consider some things like acupuncture, Chinese medicine. Uh, obviously, acupuncture does not treat symptoms in the same way that allopathic medicine does. Uh, the way acupuncture works is it helps open, open up the acupuncture meridians, and many of those travel to the eyes. Um, and so you would be opening up the energy, uh, which would be um, a way to, to drain any pus or swelling that's in the left eyelid. 
Uh, so that would be something that you could consider. You know, you also might consider going to a naturopathic doctor and, uh, you know, there, there's some wonderful remedies that you can use everything from OSHA tea, which is another herbal remedy that I use, uh, echinacea, uh, sometimes that there's some herbal combinations that you can do in terms of teas and sprays and, and, and eye drops that you can use as a way to boost your immune system. Uh, so obviously that's, that's a key factor in this overall scheme of things, but you have some inflammation and, uh, this needs to be addressed because it's interfering with your immune system's ability to heal. Now, in terms of dry eyes, I've talked about different causes, things like hormonal imbalances, endocrine imbalances, uh, pharmaceutical drugs, uh, even digital device use. So it's important in your dry eye protocol that you're getting enough uh, omega-3 fatty acids, you eat a rainbow diet, making sure you're getting enough antioxidants and nutrients, uh, certainly my eye exercises, 10 minutes a day would be really awesome. These would be used to improve eye circulation, lymph flow, and reducing stress in your eyes. If you use digital devices, remember the 20-20-20 rule. Uh, every 20 minutes, look up at 20 feet and do that for 20 seconds. Yes, the MSM drops could be very helpful, especially in the MSM eye massage. And I want to speak a moment about sulfur because uh, MSM is basically a sulfur eye drop. And there have been some studies out that show that sulfur um, is, of course, one of the most uh, important trace minerals in the body. And yet most of us are deficient in sulfur. Um, it is a deficiency that... Um, it, it affects many different factors uh, in our health, but in terms of the mineral, it's important for supporting liver metabolism, um, your collagen health. So the eyes are very, uh, you know, very important in that equation because the eye has a lot of collagen in it. And if you've got dryness, um, it could be that the sulfur could replenish or improve the collagen health. Um, it, it also, sulfur is really important for mood, for uh, things like diabetes, heart, heart disease, fatigue, uh, challenges in your immune system. Because one of the key things in sulfur amino acids is the relationship to glutathione. And this bait may be another um, either supplement or making sure you're getting this through the foods because glutathione is such an important uh, part of our overall health. It increases our energy. It slows down the aging process. It improves the immune system. It detoxes the liver. It improves mental focus and clarity. It improves athletic performance. And I think it really improves eye health. So, the the MSM eye drops coupled with eating foods that have uh, uh, glutathione in it, and I'm going to give you a list of foods that contain both sulfur and help us with our glutathione production. Onions, garlic, leeks, shallots, chives, cruciferous vegetables uh, like broccoli, kale, cauliflower, radishes, watercress, collard greens, 
And if you eat animal uh, products, then the sulfur-rich foods would be things like pasture-fed eggs and wild-caught fish, grass-fed beef, raw dairy, if you're going to do dairy. Uh, because the key is getting enough amino acids into your body long term, and the glutathione is uh, a part of that equation. So I hope that's helpful. Uh, you know, there, you have many different layers and levels with this. The first priority is getting rid of the infection and the swelling, and then in the long term, doing some things to reduce the dry eye syndrome both through your diet, lifestyle, stress reduction, and of course, the eye exercises. So thank you so much for the question. Uh, I really appreciate your participation. This is question two. This is from Gloria, and she's writing that she's been diagnosed with a condition called sixth nerve palsy. And she says that this has been the hardest challenge in life that she's being presented with. It has been about three plus months since the diagnosis And the doctor said it would be three months before uh, Gloria would start healing, and he gave the window between three to six months. Uh, Gloria has started the healing process, but she's wondering for me, is there anything that I can offer to help in the healing process? Please advise. Okay, well, hmm. There's a lot of things about sixth nerve palsy that I've worked with. So let's, uh, let's go into it. Uh, sixth, nerve, sixth nerve palsy affects the um, outside part of the eye muscle, which we call the lateral rectus muscle. So it affects our uh, our eye movements, especially turning the eye away from the nose. So it's 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 working more with divergence um, as opposed to convergence, where the eyes aim in. Now, in terms of the, the sixth nerve palsy, one of the main conditions is, uh, or symptoms is double vision. And this, um, this is very challenging because a lot of times the double vision is uh, at distance. And because there is an inefficiency in being able to align both eyes, this creates what we call strabismus. Now, some of the reasons why we might be de- develop sixth nerve uh, palsy has to do with inflammation, and inflammation specifically either in the cranial nerve or the eye muscle itself, and it could be things like a stroke, infection, Lyme's disease, brain tumor, um, any kind of inflammatory uh, insult, uh, things like MS, um, diabetic retinopathy or diabetic neuropathy. But the main reason why we get sixth nerve palsy could be related to um, mineral deficiencies and or uh, unresolved traumas that maybe have occurred years ago. So I tend to be more proactive in terms of of, uh, working with sixth nerve palsy. Obviously, you want to rule out any neurological conditions like Parkinson's or MS or brain tumors. So you need to do that first. And it sounds like you've covered that base. Uh, Then at this point, I think the physical eye therapy exercises, physical therapy for your eyes, is a very aggressive, proactive way to re-educate and relearn how to get your two eyes working together. Now, it just so happens on my website, I've got... um, a program for strabismus double vision called uh, the Eye Clarity 90 Day Program. And that would be perfect for you to start doing those daily eye exercises 
as a way to reprogram or retrain how the eyes and the brain show up together. So that would be first of all, I would do that. Second of all, I would find yourself a good craniosacral therapist. Now, I was trained in the world in the world of biodynamic craniosacral therapy, biodynamic. And so in biodynamic craniosacral therapy, we are looking at the fluid body. We're looking at how the cerebral spinal fluid, the the uh the, the fluid in the eyes, the the relationship of the bones to the fluids in the brain, eye, body connection. And if you have inflammation in the nerve or in the muscle, craniosacral therapy is a great way to organically release the inflammation that may be holding the eye or the muscle in that position. So going for regular cranial work would be very, very uh, beneficial. It's what I would recommend in coupling with your eye exercises. Number three, it's really important that in terms of diet, that you you eat foods that are anti-inflammatory. This is the plant-based world of the green leafy vegetables and the rainbow diet, things that are really good for your eyes and your overall systemic health. Um, And this would include trace minerals. And I would consider... What is your magnesium level? You know, magnesium is that, that, that trace mineral that's really supportive for healthy, resilient muscles, especially the little muscles like what you have in the eyes. So I would consider, you know, making sure you're getting enough trace minerals into your body, especially um, magnesium, making sure you're taking a daily probiotic. Uh, This is another way to improve your neurological health, to reduce um, systemic inflammation. So probiotics, very important. First thing in the morning, I would take a probiotic and I would look for something where you can get like a 90 billion CFU uh, probiotic supplement. Uh, That way you're getting enough into your microbiome. This is going to also help um, reduce inflammation. Obviously, you know, these foods like gluten, dairy, and sugar, you want to move away from that, Uh, those foods, because they're going to cause uh, the possibility of more inflammation, making sure you're getting enough omega-3 fatty acids. This is also helpful in reducing inflammation in the eyes and the body. So I think I would work with it systemically and metabolically using a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor. You know, another thing that could be beneficial working under the auspices of a holistic doctor would be doing some kind of a cleanse. Um, You know, I believe that doing, um, you know, a gentle detox or cleanse once or twice a year is very beneficial in resetting our body to have higher vitality and better energy metabolism. And the eyes, of course, need a lot of nutrients to maintain their health. So doing some kind of a gentle detoxification uh, under the, you know, the guidance of a, a doctor who knows your medical history, I think would also be very, very helpful. So yes, you can heal this. I think the three to six month window is definitely uh, realistic. I think adding these particular things makes it even more proactive. Uh, keep in touch with me and thank you so much for the all right, this is question three. This is from Eil Gur, E-Y-A-L, who's asking about how to reduce 
um, minimum amount of myopia, uh, minus 75 in the right eye, minus one in the left eye, what can I offer? Well, first of all, I think that your level of myopia is, is based a lot on stress and a lack of muscle flexibility. You know, there's some myopia that is, you know, based more on the structure of the eye, uh, like it, it becomes elongated. In your case, you have a very tiny amount of myopia. Now, just to give you some perspective, my nearsightedness was about two and a half times stronger than yours. And when I went through my eye therapy program uh, in my early 30s, I completely reversed my nearsightedness 100%. Uh, if we fast forward to 30 plus years later, I'm still seeing 20-20 at distance and near. So if I can do it, you can do it. And the key is to understand that your nearsightedness is really based a lot on tension, stress, certain unconscious habits and belief systems that you have about your eyes, and they're fixed in one position. And basically, the lens that you're wearing is only um, matching the internal habit pattern that you're presenting. So some keys here would be the eye exercises whereby you're doing the myopia reduction exercises and it's going to be a process. It isn't some quick fix natural like, okay, I'll do the exercises for a few days and that's it. You're going to have to interact with your habits and conditioning around what caused the myopia to begin with. One of the questions I ask is, how old were you or what was your age when you first became nearsighted, because that's probably a significant time period when circumstantially you made a decision to pull your eyes in as a way to protect yourself, or you were you didn't understand what was going on, or things were chaotic, and you're still unconsciously reacting to that position. You know, I always say nearsightedness is being caught in past perceptions. And basically, it's also emotionally related to fear and not trusting. So the eye exercise program that I've put on my website around myopia reduction would fit you perfectly. And one of those exercises is eye dialogue, where you patch an eye and you do some dialoguing with the eye and you journal it. If you start doing that dialoguing exercise, you're going to notice that when you're done with the dialogue and you take the patch off, uh, you're going to notice things are brighter and clearer. So your mind brain is, is experiencing, ah, there is the potential for clarity. Another technique I offer in that, and you write about it in the question, is something called plus lens to blur. And this is related to wearing a very blurry, farsighted lens as part of an exercise doing each eye separately, and the goal is uh, relaxing and surrendering into the blur. So when you wear this plus lens, this blurry lens, it's the opposite prescription to what you normally use. So the light uh, pattern that's going into the retina is spreading the light out into areas of the retina that you normally aren't able to access because your nearsighted prescription does the complete opposite. It blocks the light in the periphery because of the thickness around the edge of the lens and it focuses the light in a very tiny part of the retina. So it's training you to, focal, to over-focalize, to tunnel your vision, uh, to eliminate peripheral vision. 
And so the plus lens to blur is like being on steroids around really opening up uh, the part of your retina that you're not accessing. And the key in getting uh, natural visual acuity without any lenses is engaging as much of your eyeball as you can. And so the plus lens to blur is like resetting your habit of the light pattern going into your eyes. So you're going to notice if you do that three three rounds each eye, that yes, you're going to get clarity and you're going to notice, wow, things are really clear. Now, because you've been in this pattern for a while, it's going to take you a while to disrupt or finally break the pattern. So the uh, expectation that, well, if I do this a few times, I am getting some clarity, but I'm not able to hold it, that thinking is not correct. You must continue to kind of uh, support your eyes to be in that relaxation state. So it may take a few months, but you're going to notice that um, your eyesight is going to fluctuate less and you're going to be able to hold the clarity more. I think dietary cleansing is very important, uh, meaning you know doing a fast or a detox uh, could be helpful. Making sure you're eating mostly a plant-based diet. Uh, you know, some of the keys that cause myopia would be things like gluten, dairy, and sugar, especially sugar, uh, foods that are high in glycemic index. Uh, this depletes our chromium trace mineral, um, and this has been shown to kind of induce more myopia in children. Another thing that you could do is if you have an eye doctor that you could go to, to get what we call a homeopathic lens prescription. This is a plus 0.50. And this is an interesting lens to wear uh, for reading, to wear it in non-demanding situations, to wear it for your eye exercises. So it's a very subtle, far-sighted prescription that you're wearing around. And you're going to notice that if you wear that for 5 or 10 minutes and you take it off, that your eyesight is, again, reset and things are very clear. Uh, so it ju- it's just you keep, you know, introducing this open focus, this open relaxation to your eyes, and eventually the mind and the eyes and the body will kind of go there. Now, I'm a craniosacral therapist, and one of the things I used to do when I would, <clears throat> you know, measure a person's eyes is I would measure their eyes, I would do an hour of craniosacral therapy, and their prescription that then I measured after the session would be about 30% less because the stress was gone in their eyes. So I say this because if you get some body work, whether it's cranial work, lymph drainage, uh, rolfing, this can actually have an effect on your eyes resetting and relaxing as well. The last part, and this is the hardest part, is letting go of the goal of getting rid of your nearsightedness, meaning that getting rid of the nearsightedness is a byproduct of your internal relaxation and your ability to develop more flexibility in your system. So it's a byproduct, it's not the goal, and that's a a hard one. I can tell you in my case, When I detached from the goal, that's when it happened. So that's the answer. That's the protocol. Keep in touch. Let me know how it goes. And thank you so much for the question. 
This next question is from Tracy, and she has iritis in the right eye, floaters in the left eye. Can she use MSM eye drops? Well, iritis is a condition, it's an inflammation of the iris, which is the colored part of the eye. And uh, a doctor can see the white blood cells that are floating in front of the uh, front of the eye. We call that the anterior chamber. And some of the causes of iritis can be things like trauma, infection, autoimmune diseases, even things like um, uh, inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, um, arthritis. And uh, iritis can be a, a painful condition. You, you can have red eyes, headaches, um, sensitivity to light. And the main way that uh, iritis is treated is through topical steroids. Sometimes they even have to give an injection uh, if it gets really serious. So in terms of your question about MSM eye drops, I do think that MSM being anti-inflammatory in nature uh, would be helpful, but I don't think that's the the whole picture. I mean, this is a serious condition. Uh, you need to work with a doctor and, and stay in touch with your doctor in terms of monitoring uh, the, the situation. You also mentioned floaters in the other eye, which is probably related also to the overall uh, health of your eyes where there's not enough oxygenation and hydration that um, you know your your collagen health is uh, not optimal so there's a dr general drying out uh, and you know when you start bringing in things like you know the autoimmune possibilities and systemic inflammation and metabolic imbalances I would definitely work with a functional medicine doctor or a naturopathic doctor to find out what are some of the systemic causes of iritis because there is definitely a thread. Now in the short term, obviously things like my eye exercises that improve the eye lymph, the end palm hum, the tongue clock, uh, the eye stretch, uh, sunning, these would be really good eye exercises to help improve your eye lymph and your eye circulation. I would do the MSM eye drops several times a day with the eye massage. I would consider another eye drop called Similiacin, and you could use that in tandem with the MSM. Um, definitely doing the eye massage uh, would be helpful. I would consider Eye Bright Tea. That's a great one as a compress. Make it a cool compress because iritis is about heat uh, uh, so that there's too much heat in the eye. I would consider Chinese medicine. Acupuncture could be very beneficial to you. So I think you've got to treat this both from a, a systemic uh, macro place and also local micro place. And working together in those situations um, would be the most effective way. Last thing I'll say about floaters is that floaters can be related a lot to having toxins in your body and toxins in your eyes. It's also related to um, uh, collagen health, so things like bone broth, getting more minerals into your diet. This is where going to a functional medicine doctor and getting an assessment on what's going on in your biochemistry, getting a roadmap, and then using a combination of maybe an anti-inflammatory diet, lots of fats and oils, um, 
you know, good probiotics. These would be the things that I would be looking for so that you're moving away from the, um, the risk of ongoing iritis leading to uveitis, which is, uh, you know, again, a condition where the inner part of the eye is inflamed, uh, and this begins to open up Pandora's box for a lot of things. So I hope that's helpful. It's a really good question, and thank you. This next question is from Penny, and she's asking me about parasites in the eyes. Do I have a protocol for removing them? I'm on a parasite cleanse right now, but every month my eyes get styes. They're huge, and the ha- half of my face becomes swollen, and sometimes it takes a month to disappear. And when she went to her ophthalmologist, he recommended that she just take some antibiotics. Yes, so I do have a protocol for parasites for the eyes, and I'd like to share that with you right now. It's a combination of using eye drops, compresses, uh, essential oils, and diet. So let's, let me go through the list. The first is the MSM eye drops. I would recommend those four to six times a day. Uh, I would do the eye massage. I would make sure that you're getting enough MSM into your eyes so that this is a way to mitigate some of the side effects, the inflammation, the detoxification that you may be going through. The second thing I would recommend is at bedtime, I would uh, brew up some eyebright tea and I would do do a compress over the eyes uh, before bed. I would also maybe drink one or two cups of eyebright tea during the day. Uh, Eyebright has been shown to uh, help reduce inflammation and uh, congestion in the eyes so that you're doing both uh, a topical compress and you're doing eye drops. Those would be things that I would suggest. Number three, in terms of essential oils, uh, I would use the frankincense essential oil and I would put it way above the eye, kind of at the hairline, one drop on um, both sides of the eye, way above, I would put an eye drop, um, um, an essential oil drop kind of around the temple of each eye and also the cheekbone of each eye. I call this the eye protocol. And by doing the essential oil kind of around the eye, this helps oxygenate and hydrate all of the eye tissues, which is going to help keep the chi flowing and uh, push the toxins out of your eye Uh, So frankincense would be that essential oil. And then at the soles of your feet, if you're going to do essential oil, I would do a lavender oil. And then on top of the lavender oil, I would uh, layer one drop of either oregano or clove oil. Uh, Those have been shown to actually be very supportive at uh, killing parasites, getting rid of parasites. And I would do that once or twice a day. You know, in terms of the essential oils that work really well at um, getting rid of parasites, oregano, clove, and thyme, they're hot oils. So you need to be very careful if you put them on your skin. But when you layer it where you do a lavender followed by then one of the hot oils, you can also do another lavender. So you're sandwiching the hot oil. That could be very helpful. I think my eye exercises are really great for moving the energy, improving the lymph, 
So I would recommend the end palm hum. That would be the exercise I would do. I would do that at least four to six times a day. Um, I would make sure that you're reducing eye stress. So if you're using a digital device, uh, either get a blue blocking lens or a single vision lens. <clears throat> if you do need a prescription for your computer, uh, tablet, or phone, that's very important. Make sure you're getting enough natural sunlight every day. Get out there and do this exercise called sunning. That's very good where you close your eyes, aim your eyes towards the sun. I like to do that early in the morning or late in the, late in the day. That's also helpful for improving the lymph function. You know, I might consider getting some craniosacral therapy. That manual therapy is really helpful at, again, moving the lymph in the eyes because it sounds like that there's a stagnating energy that starts to occur when you're uh, cleansing. Obviously, you're probably doing this in terms of a, a parasite cleanse that you want to reduce or eliminate all sugars, all grains, basically no fruits. Um, that in terms of your foods, garlic, onion, bone broth is very helpful. You know, one of the best foods actually for reducing and getting rid of parasites is pumpkin seeds. So I would include that in your diet, things like parsley, lemons, apple cider vinegar, lime, ginger, turmeric. I mean, these are things that you're probably all doing on a systemic basis. I'm, I'm here to say that I don't think the antibiotic uh, eye drop is going to do anything for you. Um, you know, if you've got dry eye syndrome, you probably need to take a look at your endocrine and hormonal health, you know, your fats and oils, your eye stress. Uh, but I don't think antibiotics is really the answer. So those would be the things that I would try. Um, keep in touch. I appreciate the question. And um, I hope that's helpful to you. So this next question is about polarized sunglasses. This is from Gail. And she wants to know um, all the pros and cons about them. So the way a polarized lens works is that it has a special chemical applied to them. And the chemicals, molecules, they actually line up in a certain way on the lens. The, way I, the metaphor I would bring is if you can visualize a mini blind, but it's a vertical hanging mini blind. What a polarized lens does is it only allows that vertical light through the lens into the eye. So it's blocking the horizontal light, uh, those waves that, you know, say coming off a, a body of water or some snow. So the experience is, is that when you look through a polarized lens, the image you see is darker for sure, but also the objects can look clearer. It's easier to see the details. Uh, people who wear polarized sunglasses for a long period of time will report that uh, their eyes are less tired, less stressed. But there's some uh, times when you don't want to wear polarized lenses. This would be if you're looking at an LCD screen. So let's say you're at an ATM cash machine, take your polarized sunglasses off because you're not going to be able to see the machine very well. Some watches uh, also make it difficult for you to read the time. Uh, 
Also, on your car, some dashboard controls can be challenged. And uh, so this, this is another issue that comes up with driving. Um, also, since I work a lot with people who ski and snowboard, although the, uh, the polarized sunglasses make it um, easier in terms of the sun glare, it actually reduces the contrast so this can be uh, very challenging if you're skiing moguls uh, or it's a cloudy day. Um, it wouldn't be appropriate to wear polarized sunglasses. You know, back to the driving, one of the things about uh, pe people complain to me that they get polarized sunglasses and they have a very difficult time uh, making out um, the dashboard and what's happening in terms of you know, their speed and, you know, other, other important information. So I think overall, you know, the polarized sunglasses can be very helpful at reducing glare in certain situations. But I have found mixed results, especially for things like um, um, driving a car, um, also pilots. I don't recommend that they wear polarized sunglasses. But I think if you want to have them as part of your overall, you know, I have a pair of polarized sunglasses that I use in certain situations, and then I have a pair of regular sunglasses with a nice dark brown tint that I might use um, that aren't polarized uh, in certain situations where um, it's blocking too much of the light. And of course, in any sunglass, there is the ultraviolet protection. I also am now recommending blue blocking uh, on the sun lens. There was a study that I reported on a while ago uh, in one of my videos where I talked about how it was the blue light that actually caused the macular degeneration. It was associated with macular degeneration where we used to think it was just the ultraviolet light. So I recommend the blue blocker tint as well as a sun lens and, and it's also very important to get 30 to 60 minutes of natural sunlight every day. So in moderation, I think sunglasses are helpful. I also think it's very important to get the natural light. So Gail, thank you so much for the question. I really appreciate it. All right, this last question is from Gretchen. She's asking if I've had any experience working with people with a condition called NAION. And this stands for a non-arteritic anterior ischemic optic neuropathy. So this particular condition uh, is about blood flow loss to the optic nerve. So the optic nerve is the plexus of nerves where they come together in the back of the eye and then it forms this fiber optic pathway which then goes to the brain. So when the optic nerve uh, starts losing its blood flow and there's a, an inflammation, uh, this can cause vision loss in that eye, can cause um, uh, pain, although sometimes uh, people don't experience pain. I don't know in your case, Gretchen, uh, what the, your symptoms are. Usually there is some inflammation involved because of the, uh, the blood flow loss. And it is nicknamed an optic neuropathy, meaning that the circulation flow is, uh, is restricted. 
So in terms of treatments, there really aren't any allopathic treatments. Sometimes they may use things like uh, prednisone, uh, although uh, long-term steroids really aren't the answer. So I'm going to give you a protocol of four things that you can do to perhaps improve this condition. The first is I would recommend my MSM eye drops. I would do them four to six times a day with eye massage. Number two, I would recommend my eye exercises, and I would do the, uh, the protocol that improves uh, optic nerve health. Um, I'm getting ready to upload a new uh, eye exercise program for your specific condition, but I think the eye exercises work really well at improving the lymph, uh, the eye circulation, and so coupled with the MSM drops, I think that would be really great. Number three, diet. So making sure you're getting more fatty acids, omega-3 fatty acids, fats and oils into your diet. There's studies that show that omega-3 fatty acids and ginkgo actually are really helpful in improving optic nerve health. Obviously, omega-3 fatty acids help in reducing inflammation. Um, I would even consider going maybe more towards a ketogenic diet where you're reducing or eliminating carbs, uh, increasing your fats and oils and proteins. This is where I would work with a functional medicine doctor. If I were you, I would go either to a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor because I believe that, that what I've seen in this condition, there's a really strong systemic influence of inflammation, uh, difficulties with your intestinal health, uh, chronic inflammation it could be... Um, you know, even things like candida, yeast infection, um, sensitivity to uh, gluten, dairy, uh, sugar, those things should be eliminated. Uh, the diet has a really big part to this. And then last, when you go to the functional medicine doctor, make sure that you're um, uh, getting tested for heavy metal toxicities. I find over and over again that the optic nerve sometimes will ma the conditions will mask uh, because of um, heavy metal toxicities or other toxicities, and it can cause the optic nerve to express in a way that looks like your condition, glaucoma, uh, optic neurop, any kind of optic neuropathy, neuro optic neuritis, um, papilledema. You know, this could also be related to things like autoimmune disease and um, things, conditions like MS, Parkinson's disease. So in all of these situations, anything you can do holistically, doing a cleanse, uh, getting some acupuncture, doing some craniosacral, getting more physical exercises and improving your, your sleep. Um, so there's a lot of things that you can do systemically and metabolically to improve your eye health. There is a very strong association. And I think you just have to look outside the box as, uh, you know, allopathic medical care doesn't really have a lot to offer except in the diagnosis phase. So Gretchen, uh, keep in touch with me about uh, this situation. Uh, you definitely can improve your vision. Um, I wish you the best of luck and uh, thank you for the question. Well, that's our show for today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. And uh, I look forward to getting more of your questions, interacting with you. And until next time, take good care. 
You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.